0: Metro. And uh, this segment is brought to you by the South African Insurance Association, which is an association for non-life insurers. Now, the topic for tonight uh, will be around uh, the impact of uh, current matters we're faced with, in particular, of course, the two national states of disaster uh, for flooding and for the electricity crisis and load shedding. And the impact that these have on policyholders and how insurance uh, responds to some of these matters. Uh, you know they could be load shedding, could be a power surge, could be state of our roads and the potholes. That mean you have to be paying a lot more in tires and so on. or it could even be a potential or possible grid failure. And uh, yeah, so feel free to give us a ring as we have this discussion. We're out on zero six zero, double five two seven three, zero three. if you have any questions or you can call us on a zero eight six. 0 2160 uh 2160 uh, uh, Joined once again by Musidi Shumang, insurance consumer education expert out at uh, Saya, the South African Insurance Association. Musidi, great to have you back on the show once again. Good evening.
1: Thank you very much, Ayabonga. Good evening to you and to Metro FM
0: listeners. I hope you're well. I'm well, thanks for you. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I guess my only one concern is, uh, you know, uh, with all of this limit of load shedding, um, you know, what it might mean uh, for our appliances, the food in our fridges and all manner of other things. Uh, it's a big concern mm. to many citizens. Um, and many of you in the financial services sector are also speaking about grid failure. Um, now, what is grid failure? And more importantly, if it does happen as a policyholder, you know, am I able to insure against its implications?
1: Okay, um, before I answer that question, I just want to explain few uh, what exclusions, how exclusions work, where insurance says we will not cover sure. something. Um, we've got what we call general exclusions. Um, I'll give you an example. Insurance covers something that is um, bad and unforeseen. So anything that is gradual, like uh, maintenance, gradual deterioration, gets excluded generally. So it's a principle of insurance. Then we have what we call insurer-specific exclusions, and that is based on their specific risk appetite or their strategic focus and what they would want to cover. So it differs from insurer by insurer. And the third one is where an insurance company may impose specific exclusions to a specific policyholder. Uh, for an example, you build a standalone house and you don't have burglar bars or an alarm, and they say to you, "We will not cover a theft for that specific." That doesn't mean they don't cover it for other um, policyholders. So the issue of uh, grid failure, what we would like is to make consumers aware that some of the insurers have started engaging their policyholders to advise them on what they would exclude and what are the details of the exclusion. So it is a policy or insurer-specific exclusion. And on that um, endorsement or the letter they're going to write or they've already sent to their policyholder, they detail um, the type of exclusions, whether they exclude damages to property or loss and consequential losses or liability. Um, our advice to policyholders is to uh, read the documents that they are getting, engage their specific insurer to understand if they do not uh, they need clarity on a specific exclusion uh, or their brokers or their representatives, because a grid failure is being handled by individual insurers based on their risk
0: capital. Mm-hmm. So so but, but I mean, I guess this issue of grid failure what do you think insurers especially in the non-life insurance space are seeing that uh, they envisage you know might lead us to get to a point of grid failure and what are the potential things that could collapse uh, because i guess you know this is the other question I, I take insurance today and then you tell me later on that there's a uh, insertion of an exclusion there or does that have to be by mutual agreement i mean it would seem a bit unfair for me to take up the policy and then midway you tell me well we can't insure you for this or that
1: yeah um there's also the other side of it to say if they make a promise to you they need to be able to live up to that promise so where there is a possible uh, remember great failure or the situation of power failure within south africa it's something that nobody expected so we we, we didn't anticipate even as a policyholder so it, it's a threat that is probable but we're not sure if it will happen and we don't know the magnitude it could be bigger so when insurance promises you something they need to have done their calculation to say if this happens we will be able to carry it so where they cannot they need to write to you and say we can't be able to 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 carry this non-life insurance is what we used to call it short-term insurance so you pay the premium this month; you covered for that month. So it's not like a long-term uh, insurance, and they therefore need to give you thirty days' notice, according to the act, uh, if there are any changes to the conditions that they're covering.
0: Mm, mm. And and then, of course, I guess you know the other question mark that a lot of uh, consumers are asking themselves is around all of these solar and gas. Uh, incentives and the government saying in its energy action plan we want people to install rooftop solar and so on. How do I ensure that? Um, because I guess it might be exposed to the elements. You know, if there's hailstorms, we had a massive, you know, uh, uh, thunderstorm last night. Um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. h- how do I ensure that? Uh, because some of these installations don't come cheap.
1: Um very important, if you do uh, uh, install any alternative uh, power supply, like um, your solar panel and gas, you need to notify your insurance, firstly because it's an asset that you are putting on your house. So um, insurance covers a property based on the replacement value, so they mm. need to make sure that they add that asset, so you need to inform them and inform them of the value. What is also most important is to comply with whatever building regulations or bylaws that are applicable in your area. Make sure you're using a qualified installer, a reputable one, who will give you a certificate of compliance, a COC, um, so that when you do claim, it is insured, it is installed according to the building regulations. So that is the most critical thing when you install these um alternative supplies. Uh, even for guests, there is a gas certificate that you need to get when you start using your guest stoves and things like that. And then you inform your insurer, you give them the amount. They will add it to the replacement value.
0: Mm. We'll have to leave it here for tonight. Uh, Musidi, always a pleasure catching up with you and of course, till we uh, check in again. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Musili uh, Shumang, insurance consumer education expert out at the South African Insurance Association.